It is Monday, September 21st. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Today's topics. This is the first one's going to be personal, about me. Don't assume I am just one thing or have just one point of view on things. Why is Amzat Chemaev begging for a post-fight bonus? Probably because his contract is a one-sided deal with the UFC getting most of that benefit. And does MMA media have a diversity problem? Yeah, but I don't think it's because MMA media wants to have a diversity problem. I think there's a lot of other factors that come into play on that. And I will discuss them. And now on with the show. So I, I did a bit of a social experiment earlier today just to see what would happen. And so I tweeted out something uh, from Dana White where he made remarks on Tyron, Tyron Woodley and Donald Cerrone about them about it being time for them to consider retirement. And his the words he used for the Woodley comment was were much harsher than what he said about Cerrone. So what White said about Woodley was he should start thinking about hanging it up. And what he said about Cerrone was, I love Cowboy and I know this is going to fucking crush him and break his heart, but it's time to have a conversation. So I wrote those quotes and then I followed up with, hmm, what's the difference here? So the experiment on this was that I wanted to see if anyone would bring up the racial aspect of it because I think that's what people automatically go to with me especially lately and that was not what I was referring to and some people did go that way which was what I expected and what I my bigger point was my point in that in the Cerrone Woodley comparison was that Cerrone plays ball he is a quote-unquote friend of the UFC he does what Dana White would like him to do he goes along to get along he doesn't rock the boat he just does he's a UFC guy and Woodley is portrayed as not being a UFC guy because he speaks his mind and if he feels he's being taken advantage of or if he feels he's getting the short end of the stick he'll speak up about that because of that he gets brushed off here and he also gets spoken about as if he is a problem to the UFC while Cerrone gets praised for just going along with the with the 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 way the UFC wants him to go along and this was evident in something that I remembered when all that talk of the fighters associations was was popping off and here's something that came about with Cerrone and Cerrone was part of the team that was going was talking about forming the MMAAA and here's he here's what happened he didn't last very long and here's some comments Cerrone made to MMA fighting at the time and this was back in 2016 when he had said he was going to ease off on this talk moving forward I'm still going to stand strong with those and say this is what I believe we need I believe as a whole we need health care we need some kind of pension for retirement and then he went on to add the UFC has been nothing but great to me. I can't complain. They give me what I want. And like Dana said, I called him and he helped me out. That's true, man. I was in a bind. He got the best lawyers you can pay and save my ass. And then he said that he was going to have a conversation with White and work things out, I guess. And 
Asked what White had told him so far, Cerrone said it was a brief discussion. Here's the discussion. He said, listen, kid, you can do anything you want. We have a good relationship. We have a good relationship, him and I, and he's right. I probably should have called him and said, hey, man, I'm going to do this instead of getting backhanded in the face. And to that, I say, hell no. You don't owe, no one owes Dana White a goddamn thing. And if you think you're a dude, you're a sucker. And that's what he counts on. So this, I mean, in a big picture, this is interference with with, uh, the planning of uh, a fighters association because why would you, why would the boss have, why would you talk to the boss about it? Why would you say I'm going to do this? If he's going to do something to you and introduce something. To, did he call you when he when they did the Reebok deal? No. Did he call you when they got rid of the sponsorship deal? No. So you owe him something? You don't owe him a shit. His job is to extract as much money and blood from the fighters as he can. And give as little as he can. Fighters shouldn't go along to get along and think that Dana White's their friend. That's how he can abuse them and, and, and get more money out of them and get more fights out of them and rip them off more. So if, if Cerrone wants to be played, fine. This has all told me a lot about Cerrone that I, don't, I think people kind of ignore. But anyway, back to my point of uh, why I posted that, that tweet. It's because I think people assume because I speak up about certain things that I'm always going to be, you know, a one trick pony and I'm not, and I don't think anybody is. And so don't assume what I think. Don't assume who I am. If you want to know, you can ask me, I'll tell you, I don't have anything to hide. I'd be more than happy to tell you anything you want to know, but don't assume because then you look foolish. And if you want to say, well, I'm assuming things about say Colby Covington by calling him out for being a racist well i don't think i'm assuming anything in that because he's made racist statements and he's done racist things and if you say those things and you show me those things i'm going to say you're a racist because that's what you're showing me that's what you're telling me not assuming anything colby covington might be a good friend he might help people out he might be all of those things but that doesn't remove him or or absolve him of what he has done and shown us all no people can contain multitudes and if colby covington wants to offer other fighters advice and do these things great good for him but he's also shown us that he's a racist so that's what i see and that's what i'm going to react to and by the same token i'll show you i'll show you that i'm anti actively anti-racist and i'll show you a lot of things but there's other things that you you don't know, and so don't assume them. Don't assume I'm a, a liberal, because I think I've made it plain that I don't fall in line with with the Democrats and the liberal Democrats. I'm I'm much more radical than that, so don't assume that. That's one I'll give you. And if you have any questions on the other stuff, eh, you can ask me. Someone asked me on Twitter why if. Chimaev is so wonderful and Dana White has never seen anyone like him why he has to more or less beg for a bonus on on TV and I started out by making a joke of it but then got a little more serious because I don't know what Chimaev makes but I'm going to assume he is making probably 
the standard contract. So if he started at 12, he's probably in the 20 to 30 range or somewhere in that ballpark since Nevada's not offering up uh, salaries and pay structure anymore for some reason, which seems kind of shady. But that's a discussion for another time. And so that's what I'm going to assume because that's what most fighters start at. And if he was an unknown quantity, then that's what he starts at. And by the same token, I looked at Greg Hardy's uh, pay. And in his most recent fight, he made $180,000. So if you're a fight promoter, who do you rather have out of those two? Pay, regardless of the pay, regardless of the pay. You'd rather have Chimaev because he's going to have a future. He's going to keep moving up. Hardy has probably shown us his, his limit. And second, Hardy shouldn't even be in the UFC. And not just from a, not from a talent standpoint, from a, from a background standpoint. Should not be fighting professionally. But again, topic for another time and also a topic I've discussed a lot. So if you're going from a talent standpoint, and from a future standpoint, those pay pay should be that pay should be flip flopped. Chimaya is probably already worth one hundred eighty thousand dollars to to the UFC or more, because people are already they're they're already intrigued by him. They're gonna tune in to watch him now, and and not to and I don't think they're gonna watch him in the hopes that he gets the shit beat out of him, which I think is why. People are going to watch Greg Hardy. But I also don't think people are tuning in for Greg Hardy. In fact, I think people are tuning out for Greg Hardy because of his what he's done in the past. And I'm not talking about playing football. But people are definitely going to tune in for Chemayev. And this is why Nevada State Athletic Commission should should disclose pay so we know how bad Chemayev's getting ripped off and other fighters are getting ripped off. If the pay's hidden, the media can't can't push that narrative they're going to push it on on assumptions if we push it at all because we don't know and then dana white's going to come out here and say we don't know shit about pay and he's going to be right at at this point because we have no real knowledge except if if the fights take place in california or or one of the other few commissions that are going to disclose pay and it's wrong and i think some and I think this, whatever reason that was done for, one hundred percent benefits the UFC and one hundred percent hurts the fighters, because the fighters have no one to advocate for them now, with any kind of background, with any kind of knowledge. We don't know. We don't know. And so now you're going to have um now with the UFC, I'm going to assume starting to purge the roster a little bit, from higher priced veterans who might be on the downside and replace them with contender series fighters who are on shitty contracts and then we're going to see more and more people begging for for post-fight bonuses because they're making 12 and 12 to start and going up in probably two thousand dollar or somewhere in that ballpark increments with a win well i'm not going to be surprised if you have a whole card of people everyone that wins begging for a post-fight bonus and the media could help them but nevada's not going to disclose the pay so that, I think, is why Jemayev is uh, asking for bonuses after his fights. Because he's on a shitty deal, and he needs the money. So I don't know what can be done about Nevada. I don't know if you know pressure can be put on them, but it needs to be. 
pressure definitely needs to be put on there so so the pay goes back to being disclosed because keeping the pay out of the out of the uh, the the general public does nothing but benefit the UFC and does nothing but hurt the UFC's fighters. And if you want to see Chimaev get what he deserves, if you're a fan of his, and from what I'm gathering, plenty of people are fans of his, then try and advocate for him to get more money and try and advocate for the Nevada State Athletic Commission to uh, release the pay structure so we know what's going on there. Andreas Hale wrote something at the Sporting News that you should probably check out. The name of the story is Colby Covington's xenophobia and bigotry are not okay, even if you think it's an act. Uh, so read that. But what I want to discuss about this in spe- specifically is the part where he mentions the MMA media, which I have also mentioned. So I just want to add my two cents to this. Um, so what Hale wrote, wrote is, Speaking of silent, the MMA media has, for the most part, said next to nothing about Covington's actions over the past few years. There are numerous opportunities to address this in podcasts and editorials, but the top outlets have only reported what was said and left the editorializing to the fights themselves. Part of the issue is the lack of diversity in MMA media, where the NBA and NFL have plenty of diversity, with minorities and women rounding out coverage with a variety of viewpoints. MMA is still far behind in this regard. Because of the lack of perspective, the topic gets glossed over. This doesn't necessarily mean that MMA media endorses this behavior, but it does spell out that this type of coverage is outside of its depth. And when the UFC president advocates for Covington and is known for banning journalists who rub him the wrong way, hello, that's me, who is going to risk their credentials challenging White and one of his favorite fighters on black issues in America? I would say Bloody Elbow does a good job on this, and Bloody Elbow gets criticized for it, and... As a part of the Bloody Elbow team, a freelancer for, for Bloody Elbow, I don't really care that people criticize it because I think we provide an essential service over there by by speaking up on things that other places won't. Some folks like that. Some folks don't. The people that don't, I, I really can't help them or be worried about them because I think, like I said, we do, we, we're doing the right thing over there. And I feel good about that. And I also think... In this case, the MMA media should, at the very least, call Covington out on this and and call him a racist. A racist is the racist, and like I said many times, a liar is a liar when it comes to Dana White. It's not a it's not a gray situation. It's black and white, and you can be on the right side or on the wrong side. And if you're not speaking up, you're on the wrong side. Now, are you going to lose your credentials, according to Dana White's speech on uh, Saturday? No, because he's all for free speech, and you can say whatever you want. However. I wrote a story about the the UFC's poor ratings on a fight card and was unable to get credentials after that. And I was threatened by uh, somebody in the PR department that I was not going to be able to get credentials after that. And, oh well, that happened, and I don't really care. But I do want to mention it because it is a counterpoint to White's you can say whatever you want. And I didn't even say anything bad. I just reported the facts. So, all right, back to Hale's story here. I He is right. He's right that it doesn't get called out. And he's right that there is an issue with the makeup of the MMA media. And I don't... But here's the problem with the makeup of the MMA media. It's mostly a bunch of small sites with a few bigger sites. And... There is very little turnover in those site, bigger sites. 
But the turnover that has been lately, I think it's been fairly good with representing different viewpoints. And I think there's, I think things are getting better. But I think the problem is, one, there's not a lot of money in MMA media. And the people that are in, in the spots on the bigger sites, they've kind of been there for a long time and they're not going away. They've established themselves in those sites. And because of the lack of funds to add other people, there's, it's a very, very hard thing to break into. Very hard to break into. And so the spots to join those sites, they're just not there. I think that's the biggest problem with MMA media. Not that it doesn't want to do this, because I, I sincerely believe that it does want to have a more diverse group of of media members. I just think that the opportunities aren't there. And so if people, I think the problem then becomes, how do you get in? And I think a lot of the people that have been in MMA media, MMA media for a long time are going to tell you the truth. It's hard. You're not going to make any money for years, if ever. And you're just going to have to wait unless you can come up with a different angle and exploit, for lack of a better term, that angle to to develop your own voice and your own coverage and then you'll then you then you may may be able to move up but it's going to be a hard and long slog and you're going to have to wait for one of those big names to fall to leave a site before there's an opening and then the competition is going to be insane insane i would say there's plenty of people reporting on the news but that might be the best way to break in is just to aggregate news i think that's the way a lot of people break in editorializing is hard and you make a lot of enemies if you're honest and and that that's also hard i didn't get my i didn't get a chance to really do that until i started doing it on my own a couple years ago and by then i'm in you know eight years more 10 years so it's that's a hard slog and it's a thankless slog because you're going to hear a lot more negative comments because you're being critical than than positive comments and then you run the risk of alienating the UFC. So you got to weigh all those things too. And, and again, I, I, I appreciate what Hale is saying in this because he is right. There's not a diverse, a, a massively diverse group of people working on the MMA media. I don't think it's out of lack of effort to include these people in in the MMA media. I think if, if it was a perfect world and the money for MMA was there like the money for the NFL or the NBA, you would get more opportunities and you would get a much more diverse pool of people writing on the sport. I think it's the lack of opportunities is just because of lack of funding. And I honestly believe that because I've, I've seen that because we just have people that have been in and even people that have been in it a long time and, and have lost their jobs, they have a difficult time getting a job at another place. And so for someone newer or new, that's a hundred times more difficult. I, would I like to see more diverse coverage? Hell yeah, I would. Hell yeah, I would. I would love it. But it's it's going to be tough. And I know that the people that run these sites want to do it. But they they just don't have... You know they don't have the funds, and the days of the and the, the truly independent sites are gone 
for the most part for the big sites. So it's rough. It's just rough. So I would encourage people to, you know, other than straight white males, which were, were dominated by in the, in the coverage of MMA, to give it a shot if you really want to, but also set your expectations that it's going to be a long, hard road. And you're going to think about quitting a lot. I mean, it, it's hard. A lot of hours, not a lot of money. Even if you make it, it's a lot of hours with not a lot of money. So just think about it. And I mean, even if you do it as a hobby, try and get a different angle than what you see. And, uh, you know, if you do that, maybe, maybe you get a break. But in this sport, I think you really, you really, to cover this sport, you really have to make your breaks and it's tough. So I would encourage you to read this story by Hale because he's a, a good writer and he makes good points. And I would hope at some time we are going to have a bigger, more diverse pool of MMA writers and if that happens, I'll be I'll be ecstatic. I guess I said a lot there. I hope I hope I covered something that was helpful for 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 people. All right. So I know I went on a long time on a couple of things there. So I'm gonna call it a night here. But I will. I promise I'll get into this instant replay and Chimaev and uh, the Ryan Hall Adolf Hitler thing tomorrow. That's on my to-do list for tomorrow so i'll get that i'll get that so tune in tomorrow and until then stay safe <laughs>